98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort Masters, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Top stories of the day presented to you every day at 4 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo show. And we start with the Arizona Cardinals. They'll be back on the practice field tomorrow. I expect then we'll know at least a little bit more about Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins or some of the other injured players for the Arizona Cardinals. There were a couple of roster moves made today by the Cards. They signed offensive lineman Marcus Henry to the active roster from the practice squad. They signed defensive lineman Zach Kerr to the active roster as well. They also elevated offensive lineman Danny Isadora and linebacker Joe Walker to the active roster from the practice squad. So a lot of moving parts. Also today... The Panthers made a move. Reportedly, they have signed quarterback Matt Barkley. And the reason being is what Matt Rule told reporters yesterday regarding Sam Darnold. Sam, you know, obviously was sore after the game uh, in in his shoulder. Um, He's uh, getting an MRI uh, this morning or had one this morning. So we'll wait to see exactly where he is health-wise moving forward. Last seen in Buffalo, Matt Barkley. Wasn't he on the Titans practice squad? Was he on the Titans practice squad? he was on the Titans practice squad. Last time he's seen on a field was with Buffalo. Last time he was seen on a field was was with the Bills. Now, the the, the Panthers haven't said anything official that Sam Darnold isn't going to play in the game. Doesn't sound like it. But it doesn't sound like it. He went for an MRI in his shoulder yesterday. He has been really, really struggling the last few games. Had three interceptions over the weekend against New England. And Matt Rule kind of contemplating out loud over the weekend whether it was time to make a switch at quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised if sometime in the next 12 to 24 hours we find out that Sam Darnold's not playing this weekend against the Cardinals, and that's Barkley signing he will be so he can be P.J. Walker's backup for that game, I yeah, would assume. I would imagine that's how. They probably need to give him a week off anyway just to sit and try to think things through, and, and then they got to see what they got in P.J. Walker. He hasn't played a whole lot, but there's a lot of familiarity with him with the head coach, Matt Rule, so we'll see. Uh, other NFL news today. Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show, and he walked it back. The comments that he made on that show towards the end of last week about his immunization. Here is Aaron Rodgers, the Packers quarterback today. I'm an athlete. I'm not an activist. So I'm going to get back to doing what I do best, and that's playing ball. I shared my opinion. It wasn't one that was that was come to uh, frivolously. It involved a lot of study and what I felt like was in my best interest for my body. But further comments, you know, I'm going to keep between myself and my doctors and about any of those things after this interview. Also added, quote, I made some comments that people might have felt were misleading and to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments, close quote. In large part, based off of giving the impression that he had been vaccinated for COVID-19 when in fact he had not been. No, I think a lot of people felt you just should have came out and just said, hey, I'm not vaccinated. There's a lot of quarterbacks that aren't, several quarterbacks that aren't vaccinated. There's a lot of players that aren't vaccinated. A lot of people that aren't vaccinated. And uh, they're not forcing you to get vaccinated in the NFL, but people felt like you should have been upfront and honest and just said because he was wearing wasn't wearing a mask when he yeah. should have been and things like that. Uh, there is more from the NBA's investigation into the Phoenix Suns, and this is a story that has just come down on ESPN.com. Three. And this is from Baxter Holmes, who wrote the initial story with the allegations against Robert Sarver and the Suns' ownership team. He writes that three former Suns employees have received messages from Penny Sarver, the wife of Robert Sarver. Two messages came from her Instagram account. Another was a text message from a number that belongs to her. These former employees say they consider the messages an attempt to intimidate them 
When reached for comment, Penny Sarver confirms she sent the messages and says she looks forward to the NBA's investigation. Quote, over the weekend, I decided on my own to reach out to a few people to try to set the record straight and to share how disappointed and hurt I am by the lies that are circulating. Any suggestion that I try to intimidate anyone is as silly as it is wrong and outrageous, close quote. Yeah, I mean, you could just see here that she's, you know, in these, she mentions a family hot, a, a whole lot. You, you're crushing my family's lives, uh, that type of thing. Whether it's intimidating or not, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, but I just, I think here's a, you know, a, a mother protecting her children and, you know, reaching out, which she probably shouldn't have done, but reaching out to people that may be involved in this investigation. The investigation continues. We'll see what, if any, bearing these text messages, these messages in general, have when it comes to the investigation. And then real quick, college basketball tonight. Arizona State hosting Portland from Ooh. Desert Financial Arena. And then new coach Tommy Lloyd and U of A hosting Northern Arizona at McHale Center. And GCU. They're in action tonight, too, hosting Grambling State. So we got a lot of college, college basketball. College basketball tonight, starting. Right? Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. But top story of the day. Fox will inbound. Buddy Heald gets the ball, tries the three, and can't get it. That will do it. The final score, Suns 109, Kings 104. Suns win, and number five is alive. That is the win streak. It goes to five, although it looked like it was going to be an easy one tonight, and they had to fight off a late push of the Sacramento Kings. Another one of those wins for the Suns where we want to be frustrated by the how, but at the end, all that matters is the what. Right. They won. They've won five straight games, but the how is a little disturbing. They had a 22-point lead at the start of the fourth quarter. It, 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 they had to pull their starters back into the game with about four and a half minutes to go. And even then, as you pointed out, one the basket. starters hit one basket after one, they came back into the game. A JaVel McGee alley-oop. That was all they got. Miguel uh, McGee had an alley-oop on a pass from Chris Paul with two minutes and 17 seconds left. That is the only. They only had four baskets in the entire quarter. A three-pointer by campaign. They had an up-and-under by Frank and a floater by Payne. And then the alley-oop that Paul set up uh, McGee, McGee with. They, they went four for 19 from the field. They had seven turnovers. They played like garbage in that fourth quarter. The, when the starters came back into the game, like they were, they, they were cold. They were cool. Booker had a sweatshirt on. He was done. Like Those guys checked out. They had a 24-point lead, a 22-point lead going into the fourth. They never thought they were going to go back into the game. And then when they went back into the game, they couldn't hit a shot. Couldn't hit a shot. They were in the game for five minutes. They hit one basket and was an alley-oop to JaVel McGee. That was it. Yeah, the key moment. There were a couple of key moments. But for me, the key moment was when Devin Booker was, when they changed the call, they initially called him with the block and the and challenged one. It, yep. And the, the Monty challenged it. And and that, that's a tricky call to change. But fortunately, the Suns got them to change it. Eddie Johnson knew right away. EJ knew right away. But you know that, he, that he knew right away. But he also said, "I'm always wrong on these things." So we'll see what happens. But yeah, he, he got he's that like, one right. That's charge. That's charge. That's charge. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a three point play right there. That could be the difference between winning and losing that basketball game. So they won. Mm-hmm. It's five straight. Yep. They're six and three on the season. It would seem like they're in a better place. But if you're watching these games night in and night out, man, just like the Pelicans game a week ago, I want to celebrate a win. But there was a there was and it, but at the same time. For three quarters, the Suns played great basketball. That third quarter in particular was some of the best basketball they've played all year. They're getting a 14 nothing run to open the quarter. They were all hit. McHale, 
McGee, Chris Paul had a layup off a steal. Chris Paul hit a three-pointer. I mean, that game, that game probably should have been over right there. I mean, they just died. Sacramento was missing all their shots. I think they missed their first seven, and the Suns were hitting everything. Yep. Texas, your thoughts on the state of the Suns. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now at 620-620. Matt Rule has a tough decision to make heading into this weekend. How much of that decision is going to play on the rest of their season? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. All right, back on the Burns and Gambo show on this Tuesday afternoon here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Carolina Panthers coming in town this weekend, and the Carolina Panthers are a mess of a football team. There's just no other way to describe the state of Carolina Panther football right now, which is it's not odd. But given at the start of the season... Saying a lot of things could be finer than to be in Carolina I, right I, now? I, I, I am saying that. They, they were one of those teams that got off to a 3-0 start. Frauds! They Just would, say it. They were a fraud. 100%. And they, they were, were a fraud. They were one of those teams that early on in the season, yeah. they were all in that, hey, are they real? Is this real? Is, yeah. this, is this sustainable? Can this last... Hell no, it can't last for the Carolina Panthers. They've lost five of their last six since that 3-0 and start. They, the good news for them, they just got Christian McCaffrey back. He was kind of on a pitch count this past week against yeah, New England. Didn't help only, him at all. Yeah, it didn't help him at all. He only played about half the time. I would imagine he'll see more reps this week against the Cards. So you have to, you have to respect that if you're Arizona because McCaffrey is a monster. He's a beast. But the quarterback spot for Carolina is a mess. Your options, if you're Matt Rule, are Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, or Matt Barkley. And they just added Matt Barkley today. He's not going to be the guy. Those are not good options. I'll let you in on a little secret. Those are not great choices for Matt Rule at no, quarterback. No, so this is like another mini-buy for the Cardinals, right? Oh. Too many buys in a row? <laughs> no, you got to play the teams in front of you. I mean, look, look at how many teams, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Beat the Buffalo Bills this past week. And if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, I'm making sure that my entire team knows that every day of the week that ends in Y. Hey, by the way, did you guys know the Jaguars beat the Bills this week? And I come in on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and I do the same thing. I might, I might show highlights of the Jaguars beating the Bills. <laughs> the Jaguars beat the Bills. Like, like you've got to get that message through that anything can happen. We look at Carolina, they're not a good football team, they're not playing well, their quarterback situation's a mess. But, you know, any on any given Sunday, right? And that's what happened. Did anybody I mean, did anybody place a bet on the Jaguars to beat the Bills? No. Nobody did, I can imagine. So, like, that's just the thing you've got to make sure that they know, prepare, get ready. Now you can win this game sitting some key players because your depth is good. I mean, they just won a game without DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green and Kyler Murray. So if you've still got to rest the guy because they're not ready. Now, I do think, remember, some of those key players haven't played since Green Bay. That's two weeks on Thursday. That's two weeks that those guys haven't played in a game. So they might all be better by the time they play if it wasn't a really bad injury. So I think that they should be good to go in this game. But I like what you said earlier. Like, if you do have a guy that's not right yet, you know, you don't have to force him out there against Carolina. No, you don't. In fact, it was I was talking with Luke Lipinski about this, co-host of the Midday Show, and he, he pointed out that by giving Kyler last week off against San Francisco with the bye week coming up, Kyler Murray, assuming he plays this week, is going to play in two football games over the course of 37 days, okay, including the bye week. 37 days, two football games is what you're asking out of Kyler. 
if he's not ready to play this week against Carolina, that becomes one football game in 37 days. And that's a really nice mid-season sort of breather for him to make sure he goes into the last six games of the regular season and the postseason as healthy as he possibly can be and as well-rested as he can possibly be. But you're absolutely right. Look, I look at the Carolina Panthers and I see a mess. And, and, And I see teams like that and I get nervous just because you have to put in the extra work with the players to make sure they don't look past a team like that. You had to put in the extra work with the Texans. You're going to have to put in the extra work with the Lions when you play them later in the year. And now if you're Cliff and company, you have to put in that extra work with the Carolina Panthers to make sure your team doesn't show up on Sunday and think, oh, man, we got this. It's it's like a mini bye week. They, they're terrible. They're starting P.J. Walker, a quarterback. They're, they're starting this guy. They're starting that. It, you, you don't you got to work against those thoughts going into your head because remember that Texans game, Cardinals got off to a really slow start. Never really uncomfortable in that game, but it was a slow, and then they flipped the switch, and bang, it was like 31 sure. unanswered points, and they put that game away. You don't want to look past anyone. It was the Murphy interception, right? Uh, yeah. The Byron Murphy interception on the bad play by Trevor Lawrence. No, I was thinking of the well. I was the Jacksonville thinking, game. I was I was talking about the Texans game. The Texans game, okay. But yeah. the, but you know what? Good the point Jacksonville on the Jags. game too. You were down they were down nineteen ten halfway sco- through the third quarter. Two scores, two scores. You're down to that team. These these are dangerous games. You know, I mean, and they shouldn't, they shouldn't be. be. They shouldn't be. No. But they can be if you don't treat them with the proper amount of respect. You know, we, you and me and the media fans, we can talk about the Carolina Panthers and call it a mini bye week. The coaches, they can't let that kind of thinking infiltrate their locker room. They can't. Because then... But that's where the leadership steps in, right? I mean, that's where well, you've we've got... we've said it a couple times already That's this why, year, yeah. you, you know, you, the guys that you've brought in are guys that are going to, you know, that are going to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yep. And that's, that's just leadership. And it's not one guy. It's not like there's a captain of the team. It's just uh, you have enough guys that have been in this league long enough and know that these games are dangerous games like what you're saying, and they, they don't let it happen. I mean, yeah. So you have a good week of practice and you're prepared to play. Yep, it, it's uh, a couple times this year. I mean, they've been able to overcome it. They ended up blowing out Jacksonville on the road. And they ended up blowing out the Texans. But both of those games, the Cardinals got off to a real slow start. Carolina is at least shaping up to be another one of those games where maybe you're a little guilty of looking past them at first. Um, The situation with Carolina and their starting quarterback is this. Sam Darnold went for an MRI on his shoulder yesterday. We haven't seen the results of that yet. I've read not one but two different columns in Carolina today calling for the Panthers to bench Sam Darnold based off of how he's played as of late. You have to think that the Matt Barkley signing today and the fact that they signed him off of the Titans practice squad, so they have to put him on the active roster. They're not giving him an active roster spot. you know. I mean, unless they want to go into the game with three active quarterbacks. I mean, they could if they wanted to. That, to me, is a pretty sure sign that you're not going to see Sam Darnold this weekend and it's going to be P.J. Walker as your starter and Matt Barkley as your backup. I would think. Well, maybe we'll find out for you sure You know, we tomorrow. debate. We debated this. Would you rather have Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo? Hey, the way things are going right now, I'd rather have Sam Darnold. <laughs> you know, you remember, you know, the devil you know I you. Do. The now, devil you know versus the devil right. you don't. Now, yeah. I just thought that Garoppolo was, you know, more capable of winning than Trey Lance was. And neither one of them were, to be honest with you. And pro- it's probably the same way in Carolina. Neither one of these guys, Walker or Darnold, is probably capable of leading the Panthers past the Cardinals. But 
Man, with Darnold playing, like his head's messed up, right? Like he doesn't trust himself. He's getting yelled at by his teammates. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's all over him. And those guys played together with the Jets. So I like I would love for Sam Darnold to be the quarterback against the Car- the Cardinals on Sunday. He's got ten picks in his last six games. He's he's he doesn't st- trust himself. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's a, a pick mess. six. He's overthrowing guys. He's under. Th- he's doubting he's himself. Missing open receivers. No it's confidence. A, it's a mess. I'd, I'd love yep. to see Sam Darnold. Me too. I'd love to see Sam Darnold. Uh, Matt Rule yesterday with the health update. Sam, you know, obviously was sore after the game uh, in, in his shoulder. Um, he's uh, getting a, an MRI uh, this morning or had one this morning. So we'll wait to see exactly where he is health wise uh, moving forward. Uh, if it is P.J. Walker, understand he hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities this year. Last year, he threw two interceptions in the end zone against Detroit. the Lions. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of a mess for him, too. And something else to consider with the Panthers. Yeah. Their offensive line took a couple of big hits yesterday. They're starting center and they're starting left tackle. They were both, they're both out. Matt Paredes is their starting center. Torn ACL, he's done done. And left tackle Cam Irving, he was put on IR as well. So their offensive line is a mess. Over, under on Chandler Jones sacks <laughs> against a new left tackle. Uh, I'll set it at... Okay, I'll set it at 1.5. I'll go over. You're going to go over on that? I'll go I'll over. I'll set the over, under on Chandler Jones sacks at 1.5. I thought you were going to set it at 2. Okay, 1.5, I'll go over. That's two sacks. Okay. I always go for the point five. Okay. Yeah, I always go for the point five on gotcha. something like that. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Herm Edwards said two weeks ago, we have a lot to play for. How can they keep that mantra going against Washington coming up this weekend? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show. All right, it's four thirty. We've got a Twitter poll to check in with, and we've got a new addition to the Twitter poll fray. One that has to do with. The Cro- most disgusting things I've ever heard of. Oh, wow. Did meats. you put that in there? Oh, I did not yeah, even yeah. see I that. Did. i got to retweet that. Let's play the little... Uh, oh. Burns and Gambo need-to-know Twitter poll update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. Earlier today, uh, Gambo referenced Marcus Golden as a, kind of a lunch pail guy, right? And he, you know, he brings the lunchbox yes. to work brings every that. day. Brings it to work. And I uh, mentioned a bologna sandwich. Uh, and then as part of the lunchbox, inside the lunchbox. And that got Gambo started on this typical Gambo rant of all these processed meats that he yeah. likes to eat every so now and then. So my wife wants to move to Italy so we don't have to eat processed food anymore. Uh, spam was spam, one of yeah, them. Every, you know, a couple times loaf. a year. Yeah. Uh, liverwurst. I love liverwurst. So, uh, Olive Mitch, loaf. <laughs> Mitch just put together a poll question. Spam yeah, is unfortunately great. I did. Based off of Gambo's favorite processed meats. And I, I spelled bologna wrong. Well. And two listeners pointed it out. And apparently they're very upset about how I spelled bologna. Well, they must be as big of fans as the bologna as Gambo is. So How did you spell it? I, I apparently combined the two versions of bologna. I did B-A-L-O-G-N-A instead of B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Oh, yeah, and my uh, excuse is, how many times do I actually need to spell the word bologna? That's a really good point. That's one of those ones where you just kind of let autocorrect fix it mm. for you because when does anybody actually type the word Twitter bologna? apparently does not have autocorrect in their polls. All right, so what do you got for me on this one? Tell well, me. so Gambo asked specifically for it to be phrased in this sense. So okay. which of these are you likely to eat? Bologna? Olive loaf, liverwurst, or spam? Liverwurst. That you're most likely to eat? I would like liverwurst the best out of those. I would probably say bologna just because it's the one food on there that I've actually eaten on a somewhat regular basis, albeit when I was eight years old. 
Well, like I've had a slice of bologna since I was eight. One of our listeners at Young Focus BA said, "Spam." Oh, the junk folder in my email box has been eating better than me for years now. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Uh, what's the survey say on this one? The what survey is not with spam, however. Oh. It's very much with the incorrect spelling of bologna. 61% say of those four, they'd rather have bologna. 306 say spam. 6.1% say liverwurst. 2.3% say I still know what you're missing with spam. You don't know. Just I'm, I'm kind of. I with, don't know what don't I'm know. missing, and I'm, I'm okay that I'm missing I'm it. Kind of so with your know. wife on this one. I'm trying to avoid the processed foods as best as I can. So I would, I would try to avoid all four of those. But yes. if I had to, you put all four of those in front of me. I'm probably eating the, the bologna. bologna. Yeah, probably because it, your bologna it, has a first name. At least it requires some refrigeration, and that and that is essential. I think. What's you like the, to eat it every day. What's the second and if most? You ask me why I'll say. Hopefully, more pertinent question here, other than Gambo reliving an Oscar Mayer commercial <laughs> from our youth. <laughs> a, a little bit more pertinent also. <laughs> Say. So the Suns, as we know, they're on a five-game winning streak. But that win last night, that was a that was a interesting win. So we're asking on this current five-game stretch, how are you feeling about the Suns? The Suns are back. I was never worried. It's still too early to say, or I can't say, because the opponents they've played have not been great. Can't say because the opponents they played have not been great. It's not a great signature win among the five. Atlanta was a conference finalist last year in the East, but they're off to a slow start this they year. Are. I was never worried. Uh, count me as option number two. I was never worried about the start. Way okay. too early to get worried about. Stuff so like we that. charged Gambo with retweeting it so that we could try and get him out of the minority vote on this one. Did it work? No, it didn't. Nine point eight percent. So it's increased a little bit. Say can't say opponents poor. But now we've got a very tight race between I was never worried and it's still too early to say 38.4% for I was never worried 38.2% for it's still too early to say and how many is who's on second half <laughs> I don't know who's on third yeah what is in the outfield uh thank you Mitch we appreciate that and for you reminding us about the uh, processed foods conversation that we had earlier uh, by the, the way show. Julie five from the Suns just uh, texted in and said liverwurst she loves it really yes another liverwurst fan it's a good meat okay it's a good meat <laughs> it's good <laughs> It's good meat. Very rarely will you hear that phrase used in conversation. Aye, that's a good meat. Aye, that's a good meat right there you got. I'm going to leave it at this. You guys are all underestimating spam. It's good. Okay. You are a meathead. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I just typed in meat. Uh, Ooh, this is interesting. What do you got? Uh, Since we're talking about ASU here, Uh uh, I'm just kind of driving all over the road today. Uh, John Wilner is reporting that the Cal-USC game is off. The Bears can't play this weekend. Oh, God. First FBS game of the season because of COVID that is off. Wow. It's the first one. We've, we've made it wow. this far, midway through, near midway through November, and for the first time we've got a football game that Look, has been canceled. I think it has something to do from what I read. There's some like uh, there's some like crazy rules and stuff in that area where Cal is that makes it impossible, almost impossible to like or really hard to field the team once something like this happens. Yes, it's it's a it's something about the guidelines very specific to the city of Berkeley. The city of Berkeley that, that has put, that's what it is. That has yeah. put the Cal football team in a very precarious, difficult situation. I think the players all wrote a letter. Too. Yeah, I believe you're right. I think that's what Justin Wilcox was really, really upset about yeah. Saturday night after they lost. I see um, San Francisco Chronicle. Chase Garber is the quarterback for Cal. Voices frustration with virus protocols. We deserve answers. Yeah. 
Yep. So, uh, well, what we've got are now multiple reports confirming Cal USC has been canceled related to COVID cases at Cal. Uh, the team experienced more positive cases after roughly two dozen tested positive last week. So they are, that game is off. ASU, in the meantime, their season is back on after their win over USC this past weekend. Herm Edwards had said that we still have a lot to play for. That now shifts to the road with back-to-back Pacific Northwest road games against Washington and Oregon State. The question is, what momentum did they build off of USC, and can they carry it on the road with them when they go to a place that sure. the Pacific Northwest in particular that hasn't been very kind to them in the month of November? You no, know? but they run the ball really well, and that's that, that's you know Washington's weakness is stopping the run. I, I listen. I this is a tough team to figure out, especially when they go on the road. They're very capable of winning all the games that they have left on their schedule, but the three losses that they've had, especially two in the Pac-12 play, have definitely done some damage, and it's going to prevent them from being able to represent the Pac-12 South. I mean, it is going to be Utah. Uh, Utah's got a two-game lead on them now, so it is going to be Utah. They they slaughtered Stanford this past week. They clobbered them, so you're not going to be able to overtake them. Now, if you're at your Arizona State, Herm said it a couple weeks ago. We debated it. You know, there's still a lot to play for, and, you know, it could be the Alamo Bowl, could be the Holiday Bowl, could be something, but it's not going to be what everybody wanted. It's not going to be what people expected it was going to be, which was the Pac-12 South or bust. It really was Pac-12 South or bust. Can you build off of that game? Sure. You played well against USC. Back-to-back touchdowns late in the game. They ran the ball extremely well. Part of it is USC's own undoing. They were without their top receiver. The late kid's done for the year, and he's a, he's a really good football player. And they keep going back and forth with these quarterbacks, and they don't know which one to play because they don't have one. Yeah. So, you know, but you won the football game at home and the crowd was good. And now you got to go on the road. And I can't like I can't imagine them losing this football game. But you just you just never know. No, you don't. I mean, a Washington State interim coach beat him. Yeah. Could a Washington interim coach beat him, too? And if you missed it, Jimmy Lake has been uh, suspended for this game for striking one of his own players during a melee that that player had with an Oregon player. So Jimmy Lake won't coach this weekend for UW. And they're also without their offensive coordinator. They fired him right before they suspended Jimmy Lake for a game. And and I got to tell you, too, the shine is off Oregon State a little bit as well. They lost a double overtime game to Colorado. Over the weekend, they've started Shocking. to kind of slip and slide a Shocking. little bit. Yeah, it they're was such a very, they're, they're such a one dimensional team because they just run the football well. So if you find a way to shut down that running game, like you can, you can beat Oregon State. They're not great. Uh, Oregon State's the Oregon. You know, right now a lot of people think Oregon's in the driver's seat. They're gonna yeah. be. They're gonna be. That announcement's coming down in twenty minutes. They should be one of the four teams. Oregon. You, you would think. I mean, I think the problem for them is they have to go to Utah and win a game, and I think that's gonna be hard. I, I, I think as as good as uh, that, their whole season will likely come down to that game, and if they can win against Utah in Utah, then they probably will get one of those spots. I think I was reading Wilner. I always read Wilner on stuff like this. And he pointed out the two things that Oregon has to worry about the most are Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC championship game, and you have to worry about Oklahoma running the table because their schedule will get a boost from some of the teams they play over the next two or three Bama weeks. Bama played poorly against LSU. They won, but they didn't play very well. So they could take it. Take they're number two right now, Bama. Yeah. They could drop. They could, but they're they not going to fall very far. No, but they could drop to three. 
I, because they didn't play well. But if they I mean, beat LSU, Georgia in the SEC championship, yeah, they're, they're it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. Because Georgia will have one loss, they're in. Alabama will have the one loss, they're in. Yeah. Cincinnati you know? did not play well again. Nope. They struggled. They did not play well. Mightily. They won, but they struggled. Yep. So they, you know, they're not going to get any credit for that. Because what they want from Cincinnati is go undefeated and beat the hell out of the teams that aren't good. And they're beating the teams that aren't good. They're just not beating the hell out of them. And they're not going to get credit for that because they're not a Power 5 school. Oregon, I think I saw something today that said Oregon, you know, their chances of running the tables is about 12%. Like of, of getting to 12% it's, it's, chance. It's a Utah game. It's just going to be a tough one. You know what? Then if you don't beat, if you can't beat Utah, then you don't deserve I, to be I, in the playoffs. I one hundred percent agree. I mean, if you can't beat them, then don't go. I one hundred percent agree. I'm game. just saying that's that's going to be win the game. That that is going to be the game that will right. either make or break. The, and if they can't beat Utah, Utah, then they don't deserve to be. I in go the to you. Four. I, I go to. Like, listen, you want to go to the you want to go to the playoffs? Beat Utah on the road. Yep. You don't got to beat Alabama but, on the road. But that's why it's not like you're beating Ohio State on. Go beat. Go beat Utah on the road. That's why it's only twelve percent though. That's why that game. Right there. That's why it's twelve percent for Oregon, because that is a tough. That's a tough ask. That's a tough ask. They got to do it if they want to do it. But look out for Oklahoma. Look out for Oklahoma because they've they've got some games that could really boost their profile coming up. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, crazy night in the NBA last night, and it involved a Morris brother, a Morai, if you will, going down hard. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. how the reaction of yeah. the play-by-play guy uh, is always my reaction anytime there's an altercation on the floor involving yeah. the Phoenix Suns. Stay on the bench! Stay on the bench! Yeah. Nobody move! Nobody get you off know, the bench! Mark Keith did his typical thing. I'm just going to run my body into you. <laughs> That's it. i run my body into you. And Jokic just got fed up and he, and he just forearm shiver, knocked him 20 feet to the ground, and then... Uh, Man, the Jimmy Butler, man, those Miami Heat players, they wanted to fight. Yeah, they, they did. They wanted to fight. They were ready They to were go. all like, let's go. Butler was saying something about that. Like, let's meet. Let's meet right here in the locker room. It kind of reminded me of the uh, when the Suns had that that thing, too, with uh, with Booker. And boy, what team was it that the Suns had that thing? It was with, with uh, Gorgie Dang. Gorgie Dang? Yeah. Gorgie yeah. Dang. I think Gorgie it was Dang. Like the, oh, they yeah. were going to meet in the hallway. Meet in the hallway. Yeah, yeah they were going to meet in the hallway, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, between the two locker rooms, because I, I don't know how it's configured now with the renovations, but back in the day, the, the, the two locker rooms were separated by a hallway that was about 50 yards long. And if you wanted to, you could very easily meet up somebody in the middle of the, that hallway, and it would have been a mess in there, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, I, I totally remember that. Was, Nowadays, yeah. you just have to meet up with them while wearing a mask. I think that's the only rule now. <laughs> if you wear a mask, you can meet up with them. And nobody um, was wearing a mask when they were trying to meet up with uh, Jokic last night. Yeah, so there was about, I don't know, four minutes left in the game, if I remember right. It, Jokic rebounds the ball. He was bringing it down floor. Uh, Markeith Morris was was trying to, you know was trying to foul him in a way to prevent like an open basket, and he slammed into him really, really hard. Jokic took exception to that, and as soon as Markeith Morris turned his back, 
I mean, Jokic just shoved him as hard as he could, as hard as he ground, could, as hard as he possibly could. And uh, the you ground. know, typical Mark Keith doesn't get up; he just stayed on the ground. He didn't get up to fight Jokic because Jokic is bigger than him. But the rest of the Miami Heat wanted to fight Mark Keith. Yeah, wanted to fight uh, Nikolai Jokic there's for a, sure. There's a picture I saw from, uh, and I think it was Paul Calvisi who tweeted this out this morning, and he retweeted it from the Denver Post. Mike Singer from the Denver Post tweeted out a picture of the Heat players in the hallway waiting for Jokic to come out after the game. And there's one, two, three, four, five of them that I can at least see in the picture. And they're all just standing there waiting, watching, hoping Jokic comes out. Now, Jokic, for his part, said after the game, it was kind of dumb. I I should have done it. It was kind of dumb. Eric Spolster, the coach of the Miami Heat, he was all kinds of upset. You know, then just, just slapping somebody. But after I watched it on film, it was a take foul. You know, that's how I saw it. Uh, and the play, you know, after that, that's just absolutely uncalled for. Um, and it would have looked a lot different. It, 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 this whole thing could have been a whole lot uglier if Markeith was actually facing Jokic. You know, the fact that he had his back turned uh, and he made a play like that, um, you know, blindsiding him. That's uh, just a very dangerous play. Jokic, quote, it was a stupid play. I feel bad. I'm not supposed to react that way. Nope. I thought it was going to be a take foul. I think it was a dirty play, and I just needed to protect myself. I felt bad. I'm not supposed to react that way, but I need to protect myself. Close quote. Yeah, an incident with him in campaign in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember Devin Booker. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was there was that. And, and we get the hard foul. Jokic is... I, and, he's, got and a, I don't, he's, got okay. a, he's got a temper. Uh, Mitch, you would know that. Pop on here for a second because you're a Denver guy. You, you, you hail from Denver. All does, hail. Does Jokic have a temper? Short fuse? Short so, fuse? So in history, it's mostly been with officials. And when he gets really heated, it's because, you know, he always loves to complain. He's not getting the calls. He's always got into it with officials. He's been kicked out by officials before. In all honesty, as far as aggressive play is concerned, the pain incident and then this incident that happened last night are the only ones to my immediate knowledge. Okay, because I, I was, I was just, I, I, of course, I watch the NBA and I, I'm very familiar with Nikola Jokic. He's one of the best players in the NBA, but I'm not sitting there watching every single minute of every game they play. So I, I didn't know if this was a thing for him because now a couple times in the last three, four months now. We've got these incidents of Nikola Jokic kind of losing his mind out on the yeah. floor. Yeah, like right. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy what happened to Markeith Morris. I did, but Nikola Jokic so kind of lost his mind out there, right? I mean, he did. He did. Sure, he shouldn't have done it. He's right. He shouldn't have done it. I mean, you shouldn't have done that. You know, but you got a five guys outside the locker room. I mean, listen. I mean, go go out there. Like, you know, they're sitting there waiting for you. Now, I went back to January 22nd, 2019, and I was there. You know, and and this, so this is what, and, and I talked to everybody. So I, I tweeted, oh, you're talking about the Georgie, the, the yeah, the, the so thing? I tweeted this out on that day. Word I'm getting is that after the ejections, Georgie Jang fought off two security guards and got within about 15 yards of the Suns' locker room before security was able to restrain him. Booker was not in the locker room or anywhere near as he was held up by security outside the tunnel. So that, you know, if you remember, Zhang did go after Booker. He wanted, he wanted a piece of him and he was trying to get into the Suns locker room. Well, here you got five Miami guys that are outside of the, you got five Miami players. And let me see that picture again. How many security guards are there? Oh, I don't even know. One. 
Well, that guy, he's a security guard. I don't know who that guy is. We just tweeted out this photo on the Burns yeah. and Gamble Twitter page. There's a guy, there's two guys with his back turned to us. I don't know if both of them are security guards. That guy definitely is a security guard. Okay. I'm not sure if that one but, is. So it's no more than two security guards, right? I don't see more okay. than two. If yeah. you wanted to get in there, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, you you could have got in. Yeah. I don't think this this guy in front of the locker room is really preventing you from getting in if you want to get in. Gambo, I have a question for you. Yeah. Who got hit harder, Dre Kirkpatrick or Markeith Morris? <laughs> Dre. <laughs> Dre got hit harder. Dre, Dre got flattened. I mean, they both got flattened. That's actually a good question. Got hit harder. Or Keyshawn. <laughs> and Keyshawn got hit pretty hard. Uh, I'm still going Dre Kirkpatrick. But you got all these guys here, five, one, two, three, four, five. Like if you're going to walk go all the way down to the locker room, this is my, just my point here. You want to go all the way down to the locker room, you don't knock on a door and ask, go in. Go in. <laughs> go in the locker room. Like You're going to leave your locker room. You're going to go to their locker room, and what are you going to do? Yeah. Sit at the door and peek it inside. Is he coming out? Is he coming out? Is he coming out? Hey, if he's not you, if you're going to go all the way down there, go in. Say, excuse me, I need to go talk to Nikolai Jokic for a second. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it was another great week for the Cardinals defense. How good have they been and how far can they carry the Arizona Cardinals? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show.